Hi everybody, welcome to the Overeaters Anonymous Recovery from Relapse meeting. Um, today is the 3rd of January 2023 and I am delighted today to welcome our speaker Christina H. Christina came to the program in May 1981. She grew up in New York but she's now a Jersey girl. So I am going to um, hand it over to Christina who's going to tell you her experience, strength and hope in the program. Take it away Christina. Hang on, Christina, you're muted, sorry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much, Rita, for inviting me to speak. It's always an honor to be able to, um, to share some of the gifts that I've gotten from this program. But you know, I've been doing this a long time and I'm always nervous, so if if it would be okay, I'm gonna ask you guys to breathe with me for a minute. So we're gonna breathe in and breathe out. And breathe in and breathe out. And breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in peace and breathe out the static. Breathe in peace and breathe out the static. So wonderful to join uh, to join this meeting this morning that, had, that does so much good work for our program. My name is Christina and I'm a great compulsive overeater. And um, I've been, I checked my, my days app yesterday and um, I've been in OA 15,211 days, one day at a time. I came May 12th, 1981, and uh, that's about 41 years ago. May, it'll be 42. And I never thought I'd be here 41 years later. Um, I was a young mother who had moved to a new community in New Jersey, an hour and a half away from my family and everything close to me in New York. And my husband worked a lot of hours. And I was alone with two and three-year-olds most of the time. So those little girls grew up with me. I think we grew up together in this program, but my background is I was always a nervous kid. I was a fat kid, a fat adolescent, a fat young woman. I was always the heaviest child in my class. Of my 25 cousins, I was the heaviest one. As a teenager, I was 100 pounds more than cute skinny girls in the neighborhood. And mini skirts and polyester were what was in fashion at the time. And at 225 pounds, I did not look cute. And, you know, nobody knew what the problem was, you know, for a compulsive eater. Nobody had, had identified it back then. All my life, I was told I just needed a nice diet or a membership in a health club or another weight loss skin, gimmick, and I would be okay. No one knew I was eating because I, was, I felt nervous, lonely, and inadequate. Eating was my response to every situation. If I was happy, I ate. If I was sad, I ate. If I was bored, I ate. So by the time I got here, that was my response to living. And I needed to restructure my whole way of responding to living. If it was just a diet I needed, I would never have gained all my weight back with a rebate all the time. And yet I think I needed every cookie I ever put in my mouth to keep me alive until I got here. Because change is the name of the game. 
And I think growing a soul, or at least from this, this point on the timeline, I think it's a lifelong journey. We're innocent when we come here. I didn't know what the problem was. Nobody had ever told me about it. Um, and nobody talks about it the way OA fellows can. Carl Jung once said, when you identify the, pro the problem, healing can begin. And step one in this program, I admitted I was powerless over food and my life is unmanageable, is about identifying the problem and asking for help. What I think of when I think of it today, um, for me, there was a hole in my heart that I was trying to fill with food. And I'm grateful for all the people that came before me and shared their journey. I was able to learn from them as they shared all the ways the disease appeared in my life too. I heard the truth in their shares and they saved me. There are a few stories I was annoyed when they, they uh, updated the, the uh, big book um, because I had some favorites in the old book. There are a few stories in the, in the fourth edition that I really uh, have come to love. And one of them is, is the, the story flooded with feeling. It's about a young teacher who um, came to, to AA and found this for himself. Um, and on page 372, he describes how he woke up in the program. He says, from time to time, I would tell the truth. I said in a meeting that I was afraid to get a sponsor because I was afraid he might ask me to do something. I left that meeting with a phone number. I called it and sure enough, my new sponsor started leading me through the steps using the big book. I called him every day. I told him I just didn't wanna be an alcoholic. He said, it didn't matter what I wanted. The question I had to answer for myself was whether I was or I wasn't. He even suggested I could try a little control drinking if I wasn't sure. I knew I had never been able to do that. I didn't have to do any more, quote, research, unquote. All I really had to do was to review the drinking I had already done. I remember telling a friend years ago that I didn't have a drinking problem. I had a stopping problem. We laughed. It was true. But there was something else going on, something that never occurred to me until I came to AA. I just didn't have a stopping problem. I had a starting problem, too. No matter how often I stopped or how long, I always started. Again, that is the kind of emotional lure for comfort I thought the food would provide. The thinking is not rational. What's insane is the thought that something that lies on a plate will make things better. That is the thinking that leads to the first bite. And after I take that bite, I'm lost because the craving starts. I need to work every day to keep my thoughts in a good place. This is where the disciplines of the program come into place. Um, and that's where the tools of the program can help when that thought glimmers in my head. Recently, I had a really emotionally charged day. And all of a sudden, I'm standing in the kitchen and I'm hungry. I had to first get out of the kitchen. I always think of my aunt's cookie jar. She was a policewoman and she had this cookie jar. When you picked up it, at the head, it would say, step away from the cookie jar. I realized once again that um, I have strong emotions. Um, and sometimes I think they're hunger. When I make a phone call in situations like that, sometimes that hunger goes away. But where does it go? It's in my head. 
couple of months ago, I changed my food plan and eliminated some things I've eaten all my life. And I never thought they were a problem for me. But as a result, my, my joints don't hurt. And I was not hungry. After I got out of the kitchen that day, I said to myself, this is step one. I'm really an emotional overeater. And food is not the answer here today. I asked HP to help me see the truth of the situation. Step two, sanity is the ability to see the truth. And I surrendered to, to being a human being. And step three, it says, made a decision to turn my will in my life, my, which was my actions and my thoughts over to a higher power. In the AA 12 and 12, it says, we have to quit the debating society. I learned to surrender in this program. Sometimes I just have to let higher power take over running the planet. Um, there's a pamphlet in the OA bookstore that um, is called Welcome Back, Suggestions for Members in Relapse and Those Who Care. And there's a great definition of surrender in there. It says, surrender is not giving up, it's deciding to cooperate with ideas and actions that are not my own. It means deciding to take actions others have taken to arrest this disease, starting with getting a sponsor, committing to an honest plan of eating, working the 12 steps, honoring the traditions, getting to meetings, sharing the experience with others, using the tools, restructuring our priorities and taking responsibility rather than blaming others. We alone are responsible for cultivating the willingness to take these actions. So it means saying yes to the program. Um, this is a great pamphlet. Rita has a PDF of this. She can put it in the, uh, the chat later on. It has suggestions for members in relapse. Some of the things they say, know that you're loved and accepted by your fellow OA members. We're here for you. Speak kindly and lovingly to yourself. Negative self-talk takes away hope. It also has suggestions and for people that care about the missing faces that we're not seeing right now. It says, before approaching a member in relapse, pray and ask for the right words. Listen, then share your experience, strength, and hope. It also says, and one of the members on the committee was very, um, thought it was really important to put this in here. Relapse is not contagious. It's by working with others that we ensure our immunity to compulsive eating and remember the missing faces, the members you haven't seen in a while. Um, you know, check your, your phone list and give them a call. You might be saving their life. I go to um, one of the daily disciplines I try to do every day is I go to a meeting almost every morning. And many times it's, it, it just turns my day around. If I don't have a good idea in my head before I zoom in, I certainly have more than, more than a few before the meeting is over. Hasten's persistence and perseverance are the three words I heard over and over again. And you'll see them over and over again in our literature. This is an instant hyperlink society. But if we have um, patterns that have established over, over a lifetime, we can't solve them with a Google search. 
years of failing brought me to my knees and helped me to find the door of a way. And you know, bottom is a great place to be because it helps my beautiful mind stop and suspend my opinions so I can hear what has worked for others and maybe try it for myself. And, you know, over the years, I've had periods where I feel stale in this program. And usually that's a single signal for me to try something new to stay connected to the program and to the philosophy of the 12 steps. Last year, I was so fortunate to be able to do a step study with someone I admire in the program. We had about 30 people that started the workshop and 27 finished all 12 steps. And each week, um, there were new people and people that had time. He would go over what uh, the wording of the steps and, and people began to memorize them because he said, you know, you can't teach somebody else unless you know um, what the steps are. And we were required to read and write every day and buddy up with somebody and check in with someone from the group in addition to going to our, our weekly step dis discussion. Um, later that month, I was reading a book with uh, one of the sponsees I have about step 10. And the author said she went to a meeting one night Oh, he went to a meeting one night and, and the speaker said, you see those steps on the wall? They are a summary of what the principles of the program are about. And so our step leader had been encouraging the people to memorize the steps. And I decided to memorize the principles because even after 40 years, I didn't know them by heart. And use those every night in my reviews. In other words, how much did my actions match up against the principles? So the principles of the 12 steps are step one, honesty, step two, hope, step three, faith, step four, courage, step five, integrity, step six, willingness, step seven, humility, step eight, self-discipline. I always find it hard to recall that one. Step nine, love and forgiveness. Step 10, perseverance. Step 11, spiritual awareness and step 12, service. So step one, so how honest am I today in my motives and in my actions? Step two, where do I give hope and where do I get it in the program? Step three, how do I decide to follow the principles of the program each day and follow through? Step four, can I face the truths I need to see about myself? Step five, can I tell somebody else my failings? Step six, Am I willing to admit, as they say in our step book, that there are things about me that have to change? Step seven, can I ask God to help me dial down those character defenses and help me change course to live a better way? Step eight, can I live and let live, even with the people I don't like, because I want to live integrity, in integrity with my values? Step nine, can I forgive myself and others? and apologize when I fall short. That apology builds more bridges than any spiteful, mean-spirited actions I might do. Step 10, can I just decide to keep doing the things that have brought me healing even when they don't look so sexy? Like Nike says, you know, let's do it. Um, step 11, 
Can I remember to check in with HB? Have I said thank you enough today? Step 12, have I at least done one small thing each day to help somebody else? This helps the love grow in my heart and it gives others some hope. So these thoughts and actions following the steps help me heal my soul. And I wanted to mention a little bit this morning about the traditions because the traditions help me to heal my relationships. This year, when I've started, when I've talked with people new to the program, we do step one, tradition one, step two, tradition two, step three, tradition three, because I believe that the first three steps mirror each other. They're about give up. Step one is about honesty in my food and my life. Tradition one is about unity. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. So do I put unity and peace of the group ahead of my ambition? Because we were stronger together. I don't know where I'd be today without OA. Um, step two is about letting go of the idea uh, or bringing a higher power into my life. Tradition two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group contents. And the principle is trust. So do I encourage everybody to have a voice in our decision-making, knowing that HP speaks to them too? Do I make everybody welcome? Sometimes we hear higher power's voice and somebody else's ideas. Step three, the only requirement for, or tradition three, the only requirement for membership is a desire to eating compulsively. So I have an identity here. I'm a compulsive eater. I belong because I, I say I have a desire to stop eating compulsively. It says in our welcome home document, you have a home in this fellowship if you want it. In step three, we turn our lives and our actions over to the higher power and become open to a new way of living. And I need company on this journey. It's vital to my sanity and sobriety. And there was a, a list of questions I found on the traditions uh, written by one of the California groups. And they said, um, when it, when it comes to tradition four, each group is autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or always a, as a whole. That principle is autonomy with responsibility. I'm an individual, and yet my behavior has a ripple effect in the world. And it's important to remember that. And one of the, I was a healthcare proxy five times, and um, the last one was an uncle who loved to fight about politics. Tradition 10, OA has no opinion on outside interests, issues. The OA name won't never be brought to public controversy. Principle is neutrality. And it used to burn me that he really wanted to be, um, wanted to argue about this all the time. And finally, I had to say to him, Uncle Al, you're a great guy and you've done a lot of nice things for the family. But on this issue, you and I disagree. So we have to make our time together, politics free zone. And it took a while, but every time he brought it up, I'd say it's a politics free zone. And we became peaceful with each other. 
you know, for me, dragging his wheelchair around was just about all that I could stand, but it helped me to be able to show up for my family. So a lot of learning has happened for me over these 41 years. And OA, I feel for me, was the only place I could have begun this healing. Nothing is more attractive than seeing the moment in somebody's eyes as they do the steps. I've seen friends lose 100 pounds or more in this program. I've seen them finish school, find careers, straighten out their homes and finances. And they've been strong inspirations for me. I finished my bachelor's degree as a non-traditional student at the age of 42 with honors, and I thought I couldn't learn. I participated in community theater, and I had a career in marketing. I did service in OA at the intergroup region and world service levels. I developed the ability to become reliable and trustworthy and to follow through on whatever commitment I made. I did a lot of praying over these years because I just didn't have those skills to start out with. And you know what? Looking ahead, I feel that there's a lot more to learn and enjoy in my life. There's a lot of smiles and a lot of hugs to share. Touches my heart. We get support here that is beyond anything I ever experienced in my home where people couldn't give what they didn't have. And it has changed my life for the better and the lives of everybody that touches my life. When I was a young, shy, introverted person in OA, my sponsor would say, do your best, sweetheart. God honors that. And another sponsor who bullied me into doing my first fourth step would say, you deserve the way you feel weight you're gonna feel when you finish them steps. So I didn't know I was looking for a, a new life when I came here. One, I, my kids don't remember their mom drunk or over 200 pounds. And Joe McHugh would say um, that each person's recovery is as individual as his fingerprint. And so are yours. I say to my sponsees when I work with them, do you buy that? What's there that you can use in your life? So today I have some beautiful days when I know I'm in the right life. What I value today is peace in my soul and having a good heart towards my family and friends. And that's something you can't write a check for. And I never felt this way when I was eating. So thanks, Mom, for your kind attention this morning. If there's anything else, I'll share the rest of the time. I pass. Oh, Christina, what a beautiful message of depth and weight. Thank you so much. I'm just going to read a little bit of a story out of, because you mentioned the stories in the back of the big book, and something just reminded me so much of you. So page three at one, and one takes it all. It says, I first came to AA. I didn't know who I was. My sponsor said, great, if you don't know who you are, Today, you can become whoever God wants you to be. Today, I'm doing things I never dreamed possible. More importantly, it is a peace and serenity I feel inside that keeps me coming back. I have been through hard times in and out of sobriety, but before AA, it didn't matter how good things got. I always had a feeling that something was wrong. 
since AA, it doesn't matter how bad things get, I always have the feeling that everything is going to be all right. In working the 12 steps, my life and my old way of thinking have changed. I have no control over some of the things that happen in my life. But with the help of God, I can now choose how I will respond. Today, I choose to be happy. And when I'm not, I have the tools of this program to put me back on track. <laughs>